Hello and welcome to the Pen Addict Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and the analogue tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined today by Bradness Everpen. May the inks be forever in your favours. Now, you don't get that, do you? I don't, I don't get that. No, that's lost on me. So this was submitted it's, it's, by it a sounded, listener. It sounded nice. This is submitted by a listener, um, at Otalian, I believe it's on Twitter. Now, people that get that will love that. And it's a Hunger Games reference. Oh, uh, okay. So it's uh, Katniss Everdeen is her name, I believe. I believe it's Everdeen. And it's, um, I think it's something may something forever be in your favor. I can't remember the actual line now. I've not read the books when you've seen the movie. But I liked it a lot. So oh, that's cool. It sounds nice, Bradness Everpen. That's I like who, that. So we should. So we should get people to su- submit intros. I don't have to, uh, <laughs> but they can. I just like that one, and, and yeah. uh, not not many people submit very different ones. Typically, people will riff on other ones. You know, I got a lot of uh, his Bradness suggestions. <laughs> um, different places you could be Earl of or something. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sending that in. That was that was pretty cool. So we have a very different type of episode today. Brad had a brainwave and he wanted to do an AMA. Now an AMA is a something that's kind of typically found on Reddit and it's ask me anything. So you will get people, uh, famous people or people that have really interesting jobs will say, I'm such and such person, ask me anything. So the president's done one. Um, loads of people have done them uh, in all walks of life. You get people that will just be like, I am an astronaut, ask me anything. Like, you don't have to necessarily be a famous person. So Brad wanted to do one of these, which I think is great. So what we have is a huge list of questions that have come in from all over the place, Twitter, app.net, email. We've not really vetted them or read them, so there might be some um, things that pop up a couple of times and we'll just sort of read them and gloss over them. We did that for a reason. We want it to be sort of off the cuff and fun. Um, a couple of things to note. We might not get to all of the questions today because we have no idea how long it's going to last because, as I say, there's a huge list of things in here. Um, and also, with show notes, we're not going to include everything that we talk about in the show notes today because it could potentially, again, be huge um, and probably more than you would ever need. So maybe if there's something new that we haven't mentioned before, it will go in. Well, for example, if I mention that I love the Retro 51... Um, it's probably not going to go in the show notes today. Is that fair, Brad? Yeah, I, th- I think that's completely fair. And it, it could get – I'm really excited about this episode. And it could get a little bit out of hand in just trying to tracking it show notes-wise. So you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to put in some important links that we feel are like the most pertinent links in the show notes. But not every pen or paper or item we talk about um, on the episode today is going to go into the show notes um, where we where we normally you know would have – particular topics and we can kind of focus the show notes around that this one's kind of like you said more off the cuff and it, it could end up getting uh pretty pretty cumbersome um to for the uh, show notes perspective but uh outside of that I'm, I'm really excited about this episode it's something i wanted to do for a while um you know because people ask me you know I'm, I'm getting questions you know all day every day during the week so i figured i'd give everyone you know a shot to just kind of throw everything onto the table and ask me me and you anything that they wanted to ask and you know we got a we got a pretty good response so uh i'm I'm excited to see where it goes we got more than i thought we would in honesty um there is a lot in here and it's even still coming through as we were getting ready to record so we're sorry if we miss you but we'll try and do it again anyway yeah yeah and if i miss you you know yeah one we'll we'll definitely do this again later and two if i somehow overlook or missed your question 
and you listen to this episode and you don't hear it, email me or tweet me directly, and I will promise I, I will guarantee you an answer. So how about wow, that? Wow, that's that's quite a thing. So would you like me to be on reading duties? Sure, sure, yeah. And just like you said, you know, we tried to, you know, I copied and pasted all the questions into the into the document that we go off of. So you know, I had, I I read them, but you know, I tried to just throw them in here and not really give them any thought because, like you said, I wanted to kind of be off the cuff and just kind of, you know. Like if we were standing there talking to someone, these were the answers that we'd, we'd come up with. So I really hadn't had too much time to think about them. Okay, so here we go. Aaron Stanley would like to know, on a personal note, I'd love to know how you came to fall in love with pens. The first major impact writing tools had on your life that you can recall more pen related. Oh, so there's a couple here. Right, let's start off, Brad. There's some that I'm just going to direct to you because I think that they're more, more for you. So how did you come to fall in love with pens? It was I, the earliest memories I have of it, it. I definitely remember in middle school, like being concerned with the pens that I used when I when I was at school. And I've I've talked about before how my grandfather was an influence, um, being an artist um, on his own. You know, just being surrounded by, <clears throat> you know, paints and pens and papers and you know books and you know learning how to draw. You know, with him and things like that. And he would take my sister and myself, you know, to the to the college bookstore. And that's where you could get all the the cool office supplies that you couldn't get at the grocery store at the time. You know, you instead of just being stuck with you know like a regular bic or a papermate pen, we could go and get like the Pilot, you know, Pilot Precise and Pilot Razor Point pens, and you could get them in purple and green and these super fine tips that you know none of my friends have. So those are the that's kind of the first memories I have when I knew that you know I actually cared about <laughs> my pens, and it really never stopped since then. You know, it's not it's, it wasn't a passing fad by by any means. And, uh, you know, I was that was probably, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, something like that. When I remember doing when I remember doing that. And it's just been kind of stuck with me ever since. So that's really nice. I actually don't have a story. Um, I think I've just always enjoyed pens, like not necessarily expensive pens or nice pens. I've just always liked buying or having new pens and pencils and paper, or I have since I was a little boy. Nothing, I can't pinpoint anything that would suggest that, but it's just how I've always been. And I, for a long time, thought that everybody felt this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it, it, it takes a while to realize that, you know, <laughs> for a while there, you're, you're kind of the only one after, it, you know, it's, why doesn't everyone use this? Well, and it ends up being you're the, you're the only one that's got the, kind of the new and, neat stuff that no one else has. So I think you kind of covered the major impact writing tools had on your life that you could like the first impact. Um, what maintenance routine do you implement to keep your feed and nibs in top condition? Yeah, this is something that I've been working on a lot now that I'm more into fountain pens and why I don't, I, I won't say that I have like a detailed you know, routine, like I don't keep a log or anything of pens and ink that I have currently inked up or, or anything. But what I try to do is anytime, I think I do it a little more frequently than I have to, but anytime I refill a pen, say I'm going to use my, you know, Pilot Custom Heritage and I have it inked with, you know, Roshizuku Shinkai, which is kind of my favorite pen and ink combination right now. When I run that ink cartridge out. Um, I think most people will say, you know, you can 
kind of reload that fountain pen two or three times with the same ink without really cleaning it or flushing it, I go ahead and flush everything out, every ink refill. That's me. I think that's a little much. Um, everything I've read says, you know, every two or three refills of ink, clean it out. And you probably don't even have to do it that much for the the normal inks like, you know, the Roshizuku and some of the other, you know, basic inks. And, and otherwise, if you're using, you know, like a, a stronger ink or like a more pigmented ink or a, an iron gall ink, you want to clean it. You definitely want to clean it every two or three times. But, you know, to keep it to keep it clean and in good shape, I clean it out every time just because now I've gotten in the habit of where I can clean the fountain pens um, really quickly. So I can clean it and dry it and have it reloaded with this, even with the same ink in the span of like 10 minutes. So I don't mind cleaning it out every time. But I don't think you have to do that. I think you could probably um, fill a pen with ink that you like, use it, run it out, fill it up again two or three times before then you, after about that third fill, you want to give it a good cleaning just to kind of keep it in good shape, keep the feed clean, keep the nib clean, keep everything, keep the ink uh, able to flow through there pretty well. Awesome. Uh, Salami, which is at Sil Bolterman 8H, <laughs> uh, says Jet Pens is cool, but discuss more shops, especially European stores. So I will, I will jump in here. Right. Um, you want to check out ColtPens.com. They are a UK distributor, but they ship worldwide. They're really great. They have most of the stuff that we find on Jet Pens. In all honesty. Um, I've ordered a couple of things from them, and I'm going to be ordering some more stuff from them very soon. Um, Tiger Pens um, is another one. I think it's tigerpens.co.uk. It's another European um, pen seller, distributor. Um, I think, for me, they're they're the big ones. You've got Goulet Pens. Um, They're just... Gouletpens.com is the Goulet Pen Company. They are a US-based, but they also have great selections. And though that I will actually put those in the show notes because it is right, we, we don't really talk about those guys enough and we should talk about them more. Um, we, we do reference jet pens because they kind of have everything um, and they are US-based and, you know, sometimes I like to have the, um, the exchange rate work in my favor, but... If I want something quickly or if I want something expensive, I will go to one of the UK-based places just because of some of the issues I have had with importing through customs. Is that fair, Brad? Yeah, totally fair. And, you know, I I agree with, with, with all the vendors that you said there. And, you know, like you said, we talk about jet pins a lot just because I think they do merchandising um as good or better than anybody. And like you said, they're us based, which is, you know, a lot of our, I said probably the majority of our listeners are, but, um, I, I second the cult pins, um, the cult pin statement there over the past year or two, their merchandising and their stock has really ex- blown up and expanded. They're starting to carry a lot of stuff and they're really good, really good people. I've talked to them over there several times. And of course, you know, I, I also buy from, uh, Goulet pins here in the U S they have, uh, a lot of, uh, great fountain pens and inks and accessories and things like, like that, um, that I buy from. So yeah, yeah. Colt, that's great. Colton Goulet, they're really active in the community as well. So it's really cool. Yeah. That's another thing. They're, they're both great, you know, online, you know, customer service wise, you can get answers real quick. And, you know, and I also throw in, uh, Andersonpens.net, um, similar to the Goulet's, a lot of real fountain pen focus, lots of fountain pens, inks. You can get ink samples from them if you want to test out some inks. Um, then they're just, 
more than happy to help out with any any questions you might have about um, you know ordering pens. They've been very helpful to me in the past. Um, Salami also asks, do you like mechanical or normal pencils? Um, Kurutoga. Just go for the Uniball Kurutoga and we'll answer all of your needs. Yeah, I've been a mechanical pencil guy my whole life and these new black wings, you know, the the white pearl black wings, that's maybe something we can we can show note because we haven't really talked about that in the past. I'm starting to get the the an itch that needs to be scratched for wood case pencil. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Right now I'm a mechanical pencil guy, most specifically the Kurutoga and other pencils that are drafting style mechanical pencils. I don't like like I don't use the 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 Pentel, the the P two oh five. That's kind of a hybrid mechanical drafting pencil, but I, I like the technical looking pencils. I, if I use, if I'm not using the Kuratoga, I'll use something more technical in design, like that. You know, like the uh, the Rotring 600, the Uni Shift Pipe Lock. Um, I like those type of pencils, but yeah, I'm starting to have a. I'm getting a little bug for these wood case pencils, Mike. So this this could be an issue, and uh, we're gonna have to have some of our our, our pencil friends on uh, sometime soon. They keep uh, they keep tweeting me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heather Raymond, HM Raymond 7. Oh, do you know what? The 7H and the 8H, that was 8 hours and 7 hours. I've just realized. Uh, Ignore that. I was like, sorry, another that was, person? That was, <laughs> weird. that was just my, that was my quick uh, copying and pasting. You know, I didn't really edit these. I just kind of copied them and slapped them in the document. So, yeah, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> so, it was at Sil Bolterman. So, thank you, Sil. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at H.M. Raymond, do you ever feel like hiding your pen paper addiction for the fear of being judged? I don't anymore, personally. Um, People notice, especially at work, my eccentric pens that I have. Um, Somebody was asking me about the Twisby the other day. Oh, they're nice colours. So I explained to them the type of pen and that it was a a Republic of China commemorative edition. Um, And they asked me if the ink was purposeful. I was like, no, it's just lucky that the blue matches because I use the Compeki, um, the Hiroshisuku Compeki ink. Um, but people notice the pencil case that I have and I'm like, it's just a thing that I enjoy. I, I just like nice writing instruments. Um, and, you know, I just say to people, I think that everybody should consider having a, a nice pen um, and it's something that I care about. Yeah, I used to feel like I had to hide it some, you know, years ago. Um, you know, if I use something different than the norm and someone asked me about it, I say, oh, it's just a pen, you know, that I bought and I kind of like it and, you know, and, and just kind of kind of blow it off kind of thing and, and not really get into it. But nowadays, you know, I, I don't hesitate if someone sees me, I'm, I'm less hesitant to use any pen in any situation in any paper in any situation than I used to be. And that brings about more questions about, Oh, what is that? Or, you know, or me being, you know, the instigator saying, Hey, check this out kind of thing. I've kind of, um, you know, crossed that threshold where I don't, uh, I don't worry about it anymore. And I'm trying to pull, you know, other people in, you know, like I'll, I'll just, you know, answer. If someone asks me about a pen I'm using, they'll say, what is that? And I'll just, I'll start going into it. I'll say, Oh, you know, check this out. This is, it's, you know, this type of pen or this type of fountain pen. And here's why, you know, it's different, you know, check out this nib on this pen or look how fine this high tech C writes or something like that. Just Mm -hmm. something a little extra where in the past I used to just kind of dismiss it, I guess, just because I felt like a fool kind of talking about it. Now you're having a discussion about the pens and now I don't feel like that way at all anymore. Now I'll, I'll almost instigate it more than anything. At 
Topher, T-O-F-F-E-R, would like to know, how do you each store your pens? So I have my, I've mentioned it before, I have a, a large pencil case that I keep at work with some of my favourite stuff in, and I have a pencil pot here made out of Lego, handmade, <laughs> because <laughs> I had nothing else to keep them in. Uh, what about you, Brad? Um, most of my storage of stuff that I don't use is like in big plastic bins and in different pen cases and Ziploc bags. You know, I've got hundreds of pens laying around and I, I, I can't have them all out at the same time. So I use, um, you know, I use these plastic bins and Ziploc bags and I'll sort out um, just to like, like I'll, got a, I'll have like a bag of high tech C's and Sino DX's and just various things. And then, you know, I've got like a smaller bin that's just got all my fountain pen stuff in it, which has, you know, um, some of the pens I'm not using. It's got some ink bottles that I use more frequently. It's got my cleaning supplies, like my aspirators and syringes and extra cartridges and things like that. And I keep that all in like a little small bin that's real portable because I, I'm always carrying that around a lot. You know, like if I'm going to clean my pens, I kind of take everything out and lay it all out, you know, like a big, the big dork that I am. <laughs> so no, um, that's that's mostly how I how I store them. I, uh, it's really you know I store them in, in bins in a closet. I've got a shelf in a closet that's just loaded with pens and paper, but it, they're all in storage bins in general. You're such a nerd. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I don't understand the next part. What do you uh, yeah. use with your pens? I I don't know yeah. what that means. I'm, Sorry. I'm wondering if he's getting. Out. I'm wondering if he's wondering about paper or something like that. I I don't know. I don't know. Topher will. You can you can hit us up on 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 Twitter yeah, afterwards, but um, that. yeah, there's probably well, some paper questions in here right, later. Um, yeah, yeah. Desert Island disc, but we said discs and pens. I haven't really prepared Desert Island discs. These are albums that you would that you would always have with you, right? If you were stuck on a desert island, yeah, or yeah, that, that that would take some serious preparation. I know that's that's a tough question because you know I I take my music uh, I take my music pretty seriously and I've got I've got lots of favorites lots of favorite bands God if I had to can I just have one or do I ha- can I have a few or I don't know do I maybe only get one maybe pick two or three Whew. okay Desert Island Disc I would take um whew. the Wedding Present Sea Monsters that's one of my favorite CDs ever um. I take. Oh gosh. Okay. Let I take. Me, uh, should I say one? I take Ockerville River. I take the stand-ins. I like that CD I a lot. Know, I don't know either of those. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you some links, and then I'd probably take uh, the Smiths. Meet his murder. There you go. There's three. Okay. Do you want to note those down? Okay. Um, I would have the very best of the Beach Boys. Um. Jonathan Colton, best concert ever. And, oh, God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really struggling with this last one because there's a bunch of things here that I would take. Oh, man, this is rough. Um, I'm going to say Time for Heroes, the very best of the Libertines. Okay. Oh, look at you. I like the Libertines. Big fan. Yeah. There's yeah. some tough ones, like I didn't pick any Arctic Monkeys. 
Oh man, that's that's rough. No Kings of Leon, so Maccabees. Those are free bands that I would love to include, but I know, I know. Like I didn't, I you know, I need, I should take some Joy Division, but mm. you know, between the Smiths and Joy Division, I'll be awfully depressed on my desert island. That's that probably point. wouldn't be a good thing. See, that's why you know, go for the Beach Boys, and I'll be happy to be there. <laughs> desert Island pens. I mean, uh, a Retro Fifty One Tornado, uh, Twisby Five Forty Roc. And uh, um, I don't know. Um, I'll probably take a Kurutoga as well. Okay, I think if I just had to pick a couple of pens, I'd probably take the Vanishing Point um, Pilot Vanishing Point fountain pen. That seems to be a pen I always go back to and always have and always use a lot. You know, if I'm just having like one fountain pen or something like that, I'd probably take that. Then I'd probably take a Tombow air press, um, you know, like a pressurized ink refill pen. And, and plus it's got a, like a cool clip I could, I could take oh, off and yeah, use see, as a fishing useful. hook or something like that. <laughs> yeah. See, that's useful. I should have gone for the Fisher space pen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think those are mine. So that's, uh, that's a tough. That's a tough question, you know, and it, it could go it's a couple different though. ways, but uh, for both for music and for pens. So yeah, that's a that's one you got to put a lot of thought into. So uh, Anthony Scalambrane um, at Everyday Comment, what's the best fountain pen to get after your starter fountain pen? So he's saying that he he has a Lamy Safari, which is he, I assume is he's saying is his starter pen, which we have lamented over and over again. Wow, that's tough, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah, and um, just like just so you know, he he did a follow up right after it, and he says, "Oh, cartridges only, no converters." Uh, so it's got to be a cartridge fill pin. Then I would say, um, you've got a German, so you've got a European. You should go for a Japanese. So I would say go for a Pilot Pereira because they're well priced, extremely well made, and give you the the Japanese flavor. Yep, I agree with the with the Pereira and. I love the Prera steel nibs for the price point of the Prera. That nib is really, really awesome mm-hmm. um, for like around a $50 pen. Uh, I, I don't know that I've used a nib as, as nice, but I'm, I'm, I also enjoy the, the extra, extra fine nibs. So I use the, the Pilot Prera fine nib. And I love it every time. I, every time I use that pen, I'm like, oh, I should use this pen more often. So that's a, that's certainly high praise for a pen. Well, I mean, like for me and my history, you know, the the Pereira, I think was one of the first things that I bought after starting this show, and I learned so much. Like I learned that I bought the wrong nib size. Um, I learned so many things. So you know, because I I bought a German, I bought a a medium when I should have brought a broad at that time mm-hmm. for me. I should revisit my prayer now. I'm adjusting to different nib sizes. But anyway, I want to take yeah, a... Hey, yeah, look, go on, go hang on, on real quick. Let me go... Uh, since I know Tony and I talk to him a lot and I know his style... Oh, okay. He, he also... He's a big uh, everyday carry guy. Likes, you know, knives, flashlights, the tactical stuff. He ought to look at the vanishing point too if he wants to spend the money. That's um, that's something that might be right up your alley, Tony. And um, wow. you know, maybe we'll, we'll talk about that offline because that's think- a big... That's a yeah. big jump from the prayer, but it might fit uh, his style. Nobody else should take that advice. <laughs> no, no, Nobody. no, 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 no. No one, one else should take that advice. That is Tony, specific Tony, for Tony. Maybe. <laughs> no <laughs> one. Don't do it. Don't do what Sean Blanc did. The guy's crazy. I don't know why he went. You know, he bought a great pen, but to jump that far in, um, that's, but he did trust your advice. 
it's so worked out for him. We actually have two sponsors today. We we have uh, Squarespace, we'll talk about now, and we have a pretty cool sponsor, um, a new sponsor, a little later on. But I want to take a moment to thank the lovely people, the fine folks, the great Squarespace, who give you absolutely everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace have been a long-time sponsor of the show, and uh, we want to take some time to thank them as well as telling you about them. So we love Squarespace because they they give me and Brad and everybody um, real simple tools to create and maintain um, any sort of website. Me and Brad both host our blogs there, so I have MikeHurley.net. Brad has PenAddict.com, which is obviously the website you know and love, and it looks so great because of the tools and all of the stuff that that Squarespace provide. So Squarespace is a completely managed, hosted um, environment. It's you, You don't have to worry about anything when it comes to building a Squarespace site. You don't have to have any experience at all. You can build something in minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, or integrating with other services. If you want to build a store, they have Squarespace Commerce, where you can integrate a store... Sorry, that can sell digital or physical goods. Um, You've got payments that they can accept, inventory management, order processing. It's all built right into Squarespace. They have beautiful themes and templates. Um, They're really clean. They feature responsive web designs. They look great on any device, any screen size. They have a drag-and-drop page building system called Layout Engine. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support. Fantastic statistics and iOS and Android apps. They have the whole... Kit. If you want to create a website, there really is nowhere better than squarespace.com. You can find out more information, sign up for a free trial, squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels, um, and you can get everything you need there. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month for their standard plan, $20 a month for their unlimited plan. You'll get a discount, and you'll get uh, 20% off that price if you use, if, sorry, if you sign up for one year up front. And you'll get 25% off if you sign up for two years up front. And you will get 10% off any anything at all off your first purchase if you use the code 70decibels5 at checkout. So thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring and for giving you everything you need to make an amazing website. Right, carrying on. Um, this is a question for me from Ardis Shobano. Shobano. At Lilardi. Um, how many Star Wars Lego do I have? Um, see, I wouldn't see that this is the the American person, I assume, American or, or, or at least not, not British or maybe European. Let me see. I'm going to find out where they're from because this is important to me now. <laughs> Doesn't say, but I'm just going to assume because the question was, how many Star Wars Legos do you have? Because that is the American way of pronouncing it because the actual correct European way of pronouncing it is would be uh, how much Star Wars Lego do I have? Because, oh, okay. Because Lego, the the pluralization of Lego is Lego. I didn't realize that. Realize that. It's not Lego. I was wondering where you were going with this, but now it makes sense. Yes, yeah. The, you would say I have Lego or I have a Lego block. I guess. Anyway, um, so I own the Death Star. That is my most recent purchase. Um, and I guess throughout my life, I have had smaller sets. Um, I wouldn't. I've never had a set as large as the Death Star. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've had multiple throughout my life, just small ones like Land Cruisers, um, Tie Fighters, stuff like that. Um, maybe some minifigs that I bought, but the the Death Star is the, is the big one. Um, at Joshua Wald. Um, 
Joshua Wald is all over the network. He submitted a big topic for us on Enough today. Thank oh, you, really? Joshua. Okay. Because yeah. I, I haven't really talked with him before. You know, like a lot of the you know the uh, people we're, we're talking about today that submitted questions, you know, I've, I've talked to in the past, but Joshua, I haven't. So cool. I think Josh is new. Uh, new to the, new to the show and new to pens, as he's asked. I'm about to buy my first pen slash paper on jet pens for writing. Any suggestions? So, um, <laughs> I just read the next question. Uh, pens and paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pens and paper. So, paper. You should probably look if it's your first. Look at a Rodia journal. A web notebook would be a good good thing because you it has all of the hipness factor of a moleskin. Uh, but much better paper. So I'll put those in the show notes for you. Uh, Joshua, what about a pen, Brad? I think if you're just going to go, if this is going to be your first purchase and you just want to try a couple things out, I would choose one of the Pentel Energel Euro needles, either the 0.35 or the 0.5, if you like fine tips. Um, that's a really good first pen. Um, it's a good writer, good ink, very comfortable. Um, the Uniball Sino DX, of course. Um, I'd probably try 0.5 millimeter on that one. Um, and then I'd, I'd toss in just a Uniball Jetstream, probably a 0.7 millimeter and just see if you like it. Um, you know, those three pins are all, I think less than $3 each. It's just something to try and see what you like. Um, you know, without having more specifics on, you know, what you're trying to do with your pens, you know, are you just using them for, for work? Are you trying to accomplish something specific? Are you a student? You know, the, uh, you know, we can get more specific and I'd be happy to help you more if you want to send me an email. But those are, those are three I would, that are really good starter type pens um, to kind of get your feet wet and see maybe what you like and then, and then go from there. You said the Jetstream, the Energel, and what? Uh, the DX, the Uniball Sino DX. Those are three real good, consistent, consistent writers. Really good performing pens. Kidoki, um, ISMH, which is Stephen Hackett, wants to know, Brad, um, how you got to be so handsome. <laughs> well, uh, I use um, Mike Hurley's uh, hair tips. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, seen Mike's uh, wonderful hair. You know, I, I try to follow your lead, Mike, in your hair care uh, regimen. Yep. Um, with, uh, you know, the shampooing and conditioner and, um, you know, the, the little extra spa treatments that you, uh, that you get. And then um, I mix that in. I mix that in with girly drinks. And that, that's uh, kind of a good, uh, good regimen I have. And, um, you know, it, it keeps the skin... Uh, Keeps the skin looking good, looking healthy, and the and the hair looking good. So yeah, you know, I, I really follow Mike's lead. I mean, he's a, he is my uh, my style uh, muse, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's 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 why I look so good. Muse, general inspiration, um, all of those <laughs> things, really. If everybody followed my tips, you know, the world would be a different place. That's um, right. Mary Collis, MS Collis, would like to know: uh, Do you find your pen acquisitions are becoming more focused? more collector-ish or do you still uh, or are you still dabbling to find focus if at all i added if at all in myself i don't know why (laughs) um i'm still dabbling i i would say that i don't have any focus yet and you know what i i don't know that i ever will just because i i i like so many different things um you know if there's an 
you know, some new ballpoint pen, you know, I'm going to try it. And if there's some new fountain pen, I'm going to try it. So I, I don't know that I might, I guess my focus is never going to get, I'm never going to have like a laser focus in my pen purchasing. It's going to be more of a looking at everything kind of thing. So I don't know that I'll ever get that focused. Um, and you know, I might have some offshoots like, you know, if there's a specific pen that I want to collect more of specifically, then yeah, I think, you know, in that case I will, but I think in general, I think I won't have any focus. It's too much. Uh, I, I could, I could never, uh, I could never be in a monogamous type pen relationship. I don't think. <laughs> uh, I'm very similar. I, I mean, I'm still meandering through. Um, any any listeners will know that I am still clearly finding my feet as my obsessions change um, very very frequently. Um, we have an email question here. This is quite a long one but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll read it through and we'll see there's a lot of question marks in here so I'm concerned hello I'm in the market for my first fountain pen in years and I've got my eye on the Twisby 580 EF nib given that this will be my only fountain pen and I'm not sure how much I'm going to write with it my question is ink regarded is the refill system easy enough for a novice I'm going to answer yes does that kind of system make sense in my case yes it does I just want one ink and to go with it. I'm not going to change the color once a week. I've never bought a bottle of ink before. Is the refill a clean procedure with the Twisby? Yes, it is. Very clean. Does bottled ink make sense if I'm using it with just one pen? Yep, that's fine. That's what I'm doing at the moment too. Um, Or will it dry out? Nope, you'll be fine. The ink will last for a very long time in the bottle. Keep it out of direct sunlight. Would that be correct, Brad? Yes. Yeah, that's... Yeah, as long as you you take just general care needs, yeah. You'll be fine. Um, is the Swissby even a good single pen or is it better as a secondary pen? No, I use it as my primary pen at the moment. Um, you see, I don't have a clue at all, just that I want a smooth EF nib and that the Twisby spoke to me. Perhaps you have a better recommendation. I want to stay in the sub 50 euro range. I need an EF nib and I can't use small pens like the Cuico Sport because my hands are pretty huge. Thanks for a great show. Kind regards from Berlin, Germany, Sebastian. Sebastian, uh, I hope that that made sense. Go for the Twisby. Find yourself a nice ink. You know, pay pay a bit of money and maybe get one of the Pilot Iroshizuku inks. Brad, would you agree with that? Or a J Herban? Yeah, I like, especially with the Twisbys, and most of their models are the demonstrator type where you can see the ink in them. So you don't want to stain. You don't want to get any ink that's going to stain that uh, window. So, yeah, I would stick with, you know, a primary vendor, you know, like a... Um, you know, a pen vendor's ink, you know, like Pilot or even Jay Herbal, who doesn't, who makes a few pens, but it, it's a very, it's a very tame ink, uh, diamine, things like that. But just in, in general, the over, the overarching question is, you know, should I be worried one about the, the, the Twisby and the filling system? And is it a good enough pen to be my only pen? And if I buy one ink to go with that, is that a good enough setup to be my one and only? And it apps without question, it is. Um, don't be scared of the ink filling system in the Twisby. It's really easier. It's probably almost easier, you know, that it's probably right after cartridges in the, in the next filling system. It's easier to fill than most converters. I think this piston filler that the Twisby 580s have, um, it's super easy to clean. Um, it's, it's a very easy pen to maintain. And if you pick out, you know, a Twisby EF and one ink, you're going to be set for a long, long time if, if that's your goal here. And um, that, that should work out very, very well for you, Sebastian. 
Friend of the show, uh, JJL Setter. Um, what would you consider um, your other or another obsession and what draws you to it that, for me, does not count podcasting, which is a problem? So I think it's the only other thing that I think about. Um, but Brad, what about you? I've always been a baseball nerd. Um, I used to, you know, my first forays into blogging back probably in the early 2000s, you know, I wrote a baseball blog and I was one of those real statistical guys, you know, that that followed, you know, all the minutia and the statistics and I would keep my own spreadsheets and calculate my own statistics. And, you know, that I don't do it as hardcore as I used to, but I'm a I'm a I'm a really, really deep into baseball. Um you know, I don't have any other, you know, like uh, obsessions, you know, with, you know, I'm not into like movies or I'm not into necessarily electronics, you know, like home theater type stuff. But I, I'm pretty hardcore into into baseball and the statistics that 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 go around that. And that's a pretty that's a pretty nerdy passion on its own. And it, it costs way less than pens, too. <laughs> Mine would probably be comic books and comic book-related things, movies, cartoons, that sort of stuff. Uh, Patrick Roan, Brad would like to know if he can have all of your pens. Yeah, no. No, Patrick, you cannot have all my pens. But if I do come up to your house one day, um, I will definitely be rating your vintage uh, pen collection. And um, this this might go the the other way than, than you would expect. So, yeah. I'm going to steal Patrick's pins, not the other way around. Um, J.L. Abbott uh, would like to know, how much do you and Mike communicate during the week and how difficult is it to adjust to a third shift schedule? Um, Last part, we've got a favorite pocket knife. We'll come to that in a minute. The interesting thing is parts one and two of that question actually go hand in hand because Brad is on a third shift schedule. We talk maybe... We talk more than I do with some of the other hosts because we're typically awake at the same time mm-hmm. and we sleep at the same time. Like, not just like oh, we have some overlap. It's practically the same. Um, yeah, that that time shift actually works in our favor with my weird schedule. Yeah, we talk. I mean, not not over the phone, but we no, probably no. talk every day. I'd say we probably talk every day. We're we're bouncing something off each other every day or just having just general conversations, you know, or, Hey, look at this or whatever. But I, we talk pretty close to every day. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Mike says, cause you know, the way our schedule overlaps, but, um, yeah, it, it works out pretty good. And, and, and just, I don't know if you're just asking in, in, in general, Joe, how difficult is it to adjust to a third shift schedule? It's, it's pretty tough. Um, the hardest, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going on it, you know, and not having like vacation and not messing up my schedule, you know, to where I'm working five days on and two days off, like it's not an issue for me at night. You know, you get pretty used to that part. But what's hard is when you do have days off, um, even just like my two day weekends, it's hard to sometimes adjust and do, you know, what your family's doing and things like that. So the hardest part about a third shift schedule is you're never really off because, you still kind of keep your same sleep schedule through like your two day weekend that you have off. Right. So, or else you'll really be messed up. So, Oh, and, um, do I have a favorite pocket knife? Yeah, I do. I carry, um, right now I'm using, um, a little small, um, Swiss army Alox. Um, it's just a single blade, um, pocket knife with a, um, 
bottle opener screwdriver um, other blade. It's one of the thinnest, smallest uh, knives that I've ever found. And, and I've been used, carrying this one for years. And sometimes I'll switch out to us. I have a Spyderco Delica that I use um, otherwise. So I, I do like uh, pocket knives. So I, I, that's, one, that's one rabbit hole I could, I could see going down um, one of these days. Um, where are we? Uh, Anna uh, at Anna A N A, friend of the show. Um, daily carry pens, paper, other tools for both of us. For me, um, probably paper. I typically have moleskins, um, just because I have loads of them. Um, so I'm still kind of trying to get through those before I move to more sophisticated paperware. Um, I have used other products in the past, but rather than buying like more radio journals or whatever, um, I want to get rid of the moleskins that I have, which I've amassed over some time. So I buy sort of crazy editions and stuff. Uh, field notes, I'd use more and more and more because um, I have more and more and more of them. Um, and at the moment, my daily carry is typically the Twisby 540 and the and obviously a Retro 51. Yeah, I'm trying to get mine down to as, as small as possible. So right now, last night, for example, I carried one pen case that had five fountain pens um, and then maybe, you know, like a high-tech C. I always have usually my render K. Um, and that's most of the pens I try to carry around with me, like going to and from work, things like that, and that I use at work. And then I'll carry with me either a field notes notebook or a dome utility journal. I alternate. I have so many of each that I'll fill up one, like I'll fill up a dome paper. Then I'll go to a field notes and then fill that up and go back to a dome paper just so I'm getting to use them all. Um, and then, you know, I just carry, you know, outside of that, I, I carry, you know, like a small, like a mini flashlight um, and a mini pocket knife. And that's pretty much it. Um, I, I try to keep my, my carry pr- pretty small so I don't have it too many extraneous tools, but I do keep, um, you know, a small, a small high powered flashlight and a small, uh, pocket knife along with my pens and paper. Cool. Um, okay. How did both of you get to share your addiction? Ever wonder about that uncommon transatlantic relationship? I don't, re- especially in my life, um, transatlantic relationships aren't uncommon anymore. Um, I seem to, mm-hmm. to well, I, I talk to more people every day, I think, and have maybe even more friends, I think, that live all over the world um, than I ever have before. Um, I think mine and Brad's relationship, if you want to call it that, um, I like to, uh, began on an episode of another podcast on 70 decibels, soon to be on 5 by 5 as all of our shows will be, um, called Enough uh, with Patrick Rowan. Um, we had Brad on um, because we were both a fan of The Pan Addict, and I thought Brad was great behind the mic and started to pressure him to create a show with us. That's right. I, I got peer pressured into uh, into this podcast, but <laughs> it couldn't have worked out any better. But that's that's right. That's how that's how we. I mean, I I guess we had kind of. I don't know if we'd really talked, or we certainly knew of each other before we we got on board with Patrick and and did the enough episode where y'all were, where y'all had me on, and then it, it just kind of it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, I, I was hesitant at first to to commit to doing my own show. 
Um, but um, through your through your pressuring and and but with the really with the, it was more the vision you had that you know that you felt that this would be a, a good idea. I finally uh, I finally came around to that, and it's um, it's been wonderful ever since. It's one of the most fun things I do every week, so I, I'm very much enjoy it. So and and I've never even considered our uncommon transatlantic relationship. I think that's just the nature of the beast now. I mean that's that's the world that we live in, and I've never thought. I've never thought anything about that just because it's almost, it just feels normal. Um, Star Wars, uh, uh, Zachary, uh, Star Wars, he says Star Wars 2 Star Trek. I assume he means Star Wars or Star Trek? Yeah, that's what I would assume. Uh, Star Wars, I've never been a Trekkie. Star Wars, never been a Trekkie. I like the movies, I like the most recent movies, but there we go. So uh, I want to take a quick moment to thank our second sponsor for today. Well, that Brad, a second sponsor Woo-hoo. in today's episode. I know it's awesome. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And uh, they're a new sponsor. They're a new sponsor to us. They're a new sponsor to the network too. Um, it's Art Snacks. Well, what is that? You may ask. Well, Art Snacks. You can find them at artsnacks.co. Um, Art Snacks is a monthly serving of the best art supplies. Uh, They're constantly searching the globe for the best art materials. After rigorous testing from real art professionals, each order is sent with information about each each product and its best uses. Every month, Art Snacks delivers four to five unique high-quality art supplies right to your door. It's a great way to discover new products, and they also make for a great gift that uh, the artist or pen addict in your life will enjoy. They offer month-to-month as well as yearly subscriptions, no contracts, and you can cancel any time. Now, that's what Art Snacks wanted us to say, uh, but I wanted to chuck in some of my own thoughts as well, which uh, I'm sure that they'll, well, I hope that they'll be happy to hear. So when uh, this, this uh, sponsor was booked, sponsorship was booked for us by the lovely Hattie at 5x5, who's, our, who's the producer at 5x5, and she, she does account management. So she sent this stuff over to me. I went to artsnacks.co, and I immediately signed up. As, as soon as I saw this, I purchased um, a subscription plan with them. They have international shipping, so I believe it's $20 a month um, or $30 if you want to get shipped overseas. Uh, yeah, from $20 a month, um, and they, they ship all around the world. Obviously, um, I, I, I paid $30 a month, which I think is incredibly cheap, um, especially with the amount of stuff that I spend. Looking through their previous boxes... So they they send like these boxes that have four as they say four to five um, art supplies right you know that that are sent right to you. Um, they've used products that we talk about all the time, so I know that they're the types of people that they they they're the types of people that we love. They do the types of products that we love. So things like um, what have we got here? Uh, Sharpie pens, um, Palomino Blackwing pencils. We even mentioned those earlier in the show today. Um, there's the there's Tombow stuff in there. We have um, Karandash, uh, Kurutogas in here. Um, Rodia, Sakura, Rodia in the pictures. Yep, Sakura Pigma uh, stuff as well. So things that we talk about all the time. So you know that that we know that we're on the right wavelength as us. Um, <laughs> I've been searching. For something like this, and me and Brad have spoken offline about these sorts of things for since we started. Um, a subscription service was was something I've really wanted because I want I one of the things that I love, I think that we all love about this stuff is finding new stuff 
And it's really cool now that I've got a company that's going to send me a box of new kit every month. And it's going to be surprises. And as well, looking at stuff, I know I'm going to get to try new things, things I would have never thought about before. But that might be stuff that I love. Um, so I think that everybody should listening should go sign up. One, because it's cool. And two, because this these are the types of companies you know that I would love to have sponsored with us again in the future. And if we all go sign up, they will. It's the way I think about it. So I think everybody should go to Art Snacks. That's A R T S N A C K S dot C O. Artsnacks.co and sign up and try it out. I mean, you know, twenty bucks if you don't like the first box that you know they say there's no contract you can cancel, but I'm sure that you wouldn't want to because it looks like really cool stuff. Yeah, it does look really cool. I like the thing that impressed me the most is the range of goods that they're sending you every month. You know, like your kit can include, you know, a couple pencils, a couple pens, and it'll have a paintbrush and some acrylic paint. You know, it's really, you know, it's kind of got that artist, artist-based feel to it. And, um, you know, then the next, the next kit might have, you know, colored pencils and, and charcoal and fine liners and markers and erasers and things like that. So I, I like, I like the way they're going with the, uh, the product mix that, that they're doing here. So this, this looks really cool. You know, definitely, definitely check out Art Snacks and, um, you know, tell us what you think. Give us some feedback on it. And um, it looks like a, a very, 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 very cool um, service. And, um, yeah, I, I will definitely be checking it out myself. Um, while we're here, something we've never really mentioned before. If you're in the pen industry, the pen, paper, pencil industry, um, you should get in touch with us about sponsorship opportunities because there really is no better audience than the pen addict audience. Yes, and we'd love to have you. We would. We would be thrilled. Should we carry on? We yes, thank you, Art Snacks. Thank you, Art Snacks. Thank you very much. Right, Lewis Chase McCoy. Uh, what are our task management applications of choice? Task management. Oh, right, yes. Um, I am on Android at the moment, so I'm using um, something called Astrid, which has just been bought by Yahoo, so I need to find something new. Brad, do you use any <laughs> task? Yeah, no. Do you use any task management applications? Yes, pen and paper. Excellent. Perfect. Um, also, notes. Simple note, Evernote. You're probably going to say pen and paper again. No, I, I've just started. Um, I used to use Envy Alt and Simple Notes set up, and I stopped. Yeah. Um, and I transferred that to pen and paper. Now I'm starting to force myself to use Evernote a little bit more, and I'm liking it. I'm not knee deep into it yet, um, but I'm starting to dabble in Evernote. So, you know, I might start using that more. I'm starting to do some more of the capturing some more of the daily capturing stuff like chase had chase uh double dipped he had a twitter question and an app.net question the second one is how do you separate journaling digitally with apps like day one and journaling with pen and paper i actually started to use day one uh the day one app this year and i, I like that a lot um i if i do any type of journaling it's actually through day one because i've never really kept a journal before it's never been my thing i keep you know all my task lists and to do's and everything and that's all that's all pen and paper but um, journaling, ironically enough, is digitally with an app like Day One, which really just makes it really, really simple. So um, I no longer put anything into Simple Note. I have an account and I have some stuff in there um, that I just haven't moved out yet. Um, I mainly put things into Google Drive. Um, I do a lot of collaboration stuff, so all of the podcast stuff really goes in there. And I'm using Evernote as well. I've just cool. started you- using Evernote again, um, and I need to get into it a bit more. Um, cool. With journaling, I, I use day one, but I don't really keep a diary. I tend to, this is kind of bad, I tend to keep images of things that I want to remember. When I say that, 
it's typically like somebody said something nice or, you know, basically ego-boosting stuff tends to go in there, as well as some memories, but it's mainly ego-boosting stuff, which is terrible. No, that's good. Yeah, I don't use it as a diary either. I use it more, I think it's more of a memories, you know, pick just, I, I use I use it to kind of organize some of my pictures on of things that I want to remember. I'd use it a lot, you know, with my kids and, and, and things like that. I don't use, I, I'm tempted to use, um, Brett Terpstra's slogger. Yeah. Um, that looks like too much it. to me to go in. Yeah. Yeah. That looks, I, I, I'm, I've downloaded it, but I haven't installed it just because I don't know if I want to dump everything into day one. Cause I don't know. That's what I'm really using it for. I'm using it just for, you know, to, to, you know, just kind of some memory capturing, you know, I was here then and, you know, we did these cool things, that kind of stuff. So, but I don't, I, I don't use it like an everyday journal or a diary. Um, official show mascot, Kanuni Renishin. Um, I have one for you both. The most embarrassing music track that you're happy to admit to. I guess this is something that, that we love. I think that maybe even saying that the very best of the Beach Boys is on my desert island discs, it might be bad enough. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is actually really easy for me because I have a six year old daughter, and you know you can name any music that you know a six year old girl will be into. But uh, mine and her, our, our jam right now is uh, we're into Taylor Swift. We are never huh. ever getting back together. Yeah, there's a- <laughs> we uh, we 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 rock it out on on some Taylor Swift right now. So I'm not too embarrassed to admit that. Brad is an unfortunate person to have on your audio friends list as he ruins the uh, heavy rotation. It's it. You know what? If there's one thing that drives me crazy, it's that. And you know what? There's nothing I can do about it because my between my wife and kids getting into my audio account, it's like it's like ruined. Like everything at the top is you know Taylor Swift and One Direction, and you know now now I get these notifications for like you know you might like or you here's some new albums you know from <laughs> from One, One Direction. Direction. I'm like oh man, y'all are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you have to dig a little deeper in my uh, my audio listening because um, yeah they they. You know, with with the kids, the 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 short attention span. There's probably about ten songs that are in heavy rotation, and we're talking like five five times a day each. So it definitely skews everything. Um, how do you physically store your pens and equipment? From Brian Esposito, I think we've covered that. Yep, uh, <laughs> Tupperware yeah. basically. Uh, yeah, but no, I use I use like the large storage bins. Um, I think that, we covered that works it. best for me right now. Yeah, cool. Um, at Uncle Larry, um, 11, 12, uh, 112, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, sorry. I really screwed you up on these. I think that's probably, it's probably just Uncle Larry. I think that looks like some kind of minute thing. 11,218 minutes ago. Um, ever use Clairefontaine 3.5x5.5 side staple notebooks, cheaper than field notes, and more fountain pen friendly, but a thicker? Um I think it might be safe to say that both me and Brad don't use field notes just for their paper qualities. Like they are great, but we love the designs and the collectibleness of them. Right, right. And I, I think I, I know which Claire Fontaines he's talking about, and I think I haven't used them because I don't think they come in graph. I think uh, I think they might only come in lined. I will double check, and if if I'm wrong about that, I will order some because I, I definitely would like to check those out. I think I know which ones you're talking about. I've looked at them, and I. I think I passed over them for that reason, but I could be mistaken. But I'll, I'll check back into that. 
Uh, Theodore Liu has asked two questions. What's your favorite second fountain pen? Um, If someone has a typical entry pen like a Preppy or Safari, what would you recommend to them next? I think we covered that earlier. Yeah, well, I, w- I would like to elaborate, though, and, and sure. say, you, you know, look at, we, we talked about the, the Prera, but I would look at the Twisby, um, the Twisby 580. That's that, it's a good price point. Um, there's a lot of value in that pen, um, you know, as, as far as what you can do with it, and the, the quality is great. It's a, it's a really good second fountain pen. That's the one I'd move, like, if you're going Lamy Safari, for, it's kind of your entry-level pen, I'd look at a Prera, and I'd look at a Twisby very, very hard. Uh, favorite use of or scene with a pen in a movie? Uh, mine is the uh, explodable Parker ballpoint from Goldeneye. Yeah, see, I, I've got nothing on this. I, this is one I actually looked at and thought about. I can't come up with anything. I can't um, come up with anything. And he and uh, Theodore has given his um, uh, the open interrogation scene in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Um, a very close second is the tank scene from Indie Free. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. I, I do have a, a, a favorite um, a book, a favorite uh, book paper scene. <laughs> Go for it. This is just this is just a brag. Um, my sister, my sister's a bookbinder in the movie The Good Shepherd. Um, it's about a particular book, and she actually made those books as props for that movie. So oh, I nice. was, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Okay, rapid fire. Yeah, I like this one. Black or blue ink? Blue. Um, black, cap or retractable? Retractable. Cap, even though I never post them. Highlight or underline? Highlight. Underline. Cursive or print? Print. Cursive. Although this I, is why this show's so good. We're on the exact opposite so I kind far. of go in between both. Lined or graph or dots? Graph. Dots. Even though I don't use enough of them, it's just... My preferred of all of those. Staples, glue, or spiral? That's a tough one. For me, it's staples because as a I'm lefty, gonna, there's no, no never any issues. I'm going to go staples as well on that one. You can't Glue or spiral can cause problems for left-handed people. Yeah. Piston or converter? Piston. Piston because I, I actually don't like converters very much um, after using pistons. Converters are very messy. Uh, vintage or modern? Modern. Modern. So we kind of we kind of ended up going together after you said that we were apart. Um, Brian Schenker, that's B. L. Schenker, um, ink creep. Why does it happen, and can it be prevented? Um, I don't know if he's insulting you there, Brad. No, <laughs> no. In, in the the he's referencing the the Lamy safaris in particular, and those. I don't know that you can prevent it. I've seen it happen in pretty much all of my safaris. The ink comes through the tines. Um, you can see it on the feed. I, you know what? With the Lamis, you just got to clean. You got to clean them regularly. And still, even though you know you have a fresh pen, um, it it still just goes through the nib. Um, I hate to say it. It's it's almost just like a feature of of a fountain pen that I I'm really you know anal about keeping my nibs clean like when i'm writing i don't like ink like after i inked them i you know try to clean them off like really really well um so nib creep does bother me but i'm starting to come around to where it's just kind of a fact of life um you know now there's ink and nib combinations that are worse um i've noticed though particularly on the lamis um seem to be the worst out of the pins that i've had 
So I, I, I don't have a real answer for you there, um, Brian, other than it, it's going to happen. And I've seen it happen, especially with the Lamis, and I've not found anything you can do about it, really, because the Lamy ink is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of how that one is, unfortunately. Um, Joe Lebo at JJ Setley, JJL Setley was another, another question in. Yeah, he's man. This guy. Um, who are some of uh, our personal heroes? Um, quick for me, um, Leo Laporte, Dan Benjamin, Steve Jobs, naturally, uh, Stephen Fry. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good selection. I've probably missed off some important ones, but about you? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's hard. Um, hmm. I don't know if heroes is such a hard thing. I, you know, I'm fans of guys. You know, I have I'm, I'm fans of a lot of people. I don't know that I have heroes. <laughs> you know, I don't know that there's anyone that I, I, I necessarily look up to. I'll, I'll have to think about that one. Interesting. That's a hard. That's a hard question for me. That kind of caught me off guard there. I wasn't. I was not ready for that. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Fair I'll enough. Have to get back to you, Jeff. It's yeah, fine. Sorry. Um, Mike. Piontek, um, FMF is dead. <laughs> How do you get a job in the pen industry, Brad? That's a good question. That's a that's a tough question. For me, it was just luck. I mean, I, I was just you know persistent in you know my my blogging. You know, built an audience, built um, kind of a rapport with um, the readers, and that turned into a rapport with various pen companies. Um, and then we just got to talking about jet pens. They wanted to try to do a couple different things and they asked if I was interested and, and, you know, uh, I said, of course, yeah, I was, um, you know, in the end it didn't work out, um, best for either of us. Um, but you know, I, I think it's probably a hard industry to get into, um, because most of the things that you and I and other people see are, publicly are all from the marketing PR side, right? So that's how, you know, those, those are the paths that are the ends to the pen company. And, you know, I don't know if that's where you, you would want to be or not, you know, I don't know exactly what you're, what you're looking for. I mean, but you know, all the, all the people that we interface usually are, you know, marketing PR types. Um, so, you know, those are the one of the skills you want to have, you know, being very, you know, open and, accessible and providing information um and you know having a good rapport with the audience that's what helped me but um you know i also wasn't looking to get a job in the pen industry at the time it just kind of happened there wasn't anything specific i did i just did what was important to me and what i felt was the right thing to do and it just kind of worked out so you know i i wasn't looking for that job at the time so i don't know if i have a great answer like cuz i didn't target it and say you know here's what i'm going to do and here's how i'm going to get in um it it didn't work that way for me it just it was more just kind of uh, on a whim thing kind of happened so um it was a it was a fantastic experience i loved it so you know if i ever, ever have a i don't know if i'll have, ever have a next job in the pen industry um it'll it'll probably be blogging <laughs> you know just doing what i'm doing maybe it'll turn into a job one day um i don't have any plans to do that though but um i guess what i'm saying is my next job in, in the pen industry will be a job of my own creation i don't know that i will ever work for anyone again but you never know it's a really really good answer um okay m pacer App.net. This might be more appropriate for John Syracuse, but how do you actually deal with the health issues that arise from constantly writing and typing? 
I've gotten better with my wrist posture. That doesn't mean it's easy. I don't have any answers for this. I, I thought this was a really good question, and this may not be the answer you want to hear, <laughs> but and not not so much in typing, but is in writing. When I write with you know my high tech C's um, and the really fine pens and my printing style, I, I use a heavy grip pressure. I don't get near as much writing fatigue with fountain pens. And you may not be a fountain pen person, but I have found that fountain pens are the, the way you write with a fountain pen is less stressful on your hand and your wrist. Um, I can't really speak to it in, in typing. I mean, I type a lot all day and I haven't fortunately knock on wood, I haven't really run into any issues with carpal tunnel or any of those type of issues with that combination of writing and typing. But I have found that I do have a lot less stress in my hand using a fountain pen for what it's worth. Okay, you have a time machine that uh, only allows you to revisit past pen decisions. What do you change? This is from Brad Huss, which is at SPH33R. So it's Sphere, I guess. Sphere. Um, <laughs> I never would have purchased the Oto Rook. <laughs> Terrible decision. This is funny because mine is very much on the long same along the same lines, but broader. I would waste less money on lower end fountain pens, which encompasses the Rook and the dude from Oto. You know, there's lots of things, you know, there's tons of fountain pens available that are less than $30. There's very few that I've found that have been worth the price, no matter if they're $5 or $25. The Safari's one, that's why we talk about it all the time. Um, There's maybe a couple of others. You know, so I've spent way too much money and too much time with other pens in that ten, fifteen, twenty dollar range that I will never go back to again in my life. And you know, that's probably hundreds of dollars of pens sitting there that I could have applied that money um in a in a better fashion buying a single pen or two pens that would be much better. So um there's definitely been some waste in, in that area. So it's kind of along the same lines as you might. Yeah, yeah, just, I guess if I was only going to pick one, it'd, it'd be that's probably the worst pen I've ever used. Well, not yep. the worst pen I've ever used, it's the most disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Franznick, um, two obvious questions, at least obvious to me, he says, excluding vintage pens, which I believe contain the best value in Estabrook. Uh, yeah, what do you consider the best or worst value in pens you have actually used? So I guess what he's asking is uh, consider satisfaction versus cost and gifts may be considered value-wise. Um, what do you consider to be the best and worst? I guess value, uh, best value, I guess, would be something along the lines for me of like a Lamy Safari or Pilot Pro because they're so good and they're very cheap. Um, I would also go with the retro in there as well. It's one of the reasons I love that line is because I think they are actually relatively cheap for what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst value, I don't think I've spent enough, honestly. Yeah. To re- to really get into that, what do, what do you think? I think my my best value, like modern pens wise, is the Twisby, um, probably the 580, which is the current model. Um, it, it's really versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really high quality, and I think it's a completely fair price. Um, worst values, 
I really think are the cheaper pens. Um, kind of that relating to that at, that last question, you know, like spending twenty or twenty five dollars on a couple of Roto uh, Oto fountain pens. Um, that's just turned out to be you know money flushed down the toilet. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a two or three hundred dollar pen to to be a bad value. I mean, I thought you know a twenty five dollar pen that I'm going to use one time to do a pen review and never use again. That's that's pretty poor. Um, value. So I, I think some of the, my worst values have been in some of the cheaper pens, to be quite honest. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and also from, from Michael, do you better appreciate, um, as he does, collectors of vintage firearms and automobiles now? Can you imagine your interest in quality tools transferring to another tool or machine? Um, I guess, yeah, I appreciate collectors of all kinds, um, vintage stuff too um although i've not really got into vintage stuff so for me it's just collectors um i have an addictive personality um i I become obsessed with things pens is a long-term obsession of mine we spoke about earlier so yes i can totally see that i could uh i could transfer this interest not that i would remove my pen addiction to to something else in the future i have no idea what that could be i get consumed by things It's, it's part of who i am Yep, I, I agree with with that completely. I definitely have that um, that same type of uh, behavior traits. You know, I do find certain things and obsess over. I could see me getting. Um, I, I definitely appreciate the the all the collector um, collectors, dif- different types of collectors, and and I could see myself. You know, I, I read a lot of things like about watches or about knives or about you know flashlights. A lot of that everyday carry type stuff I like, um, but. Um, you know that that's all stuff that can get really expensive too. But that I could, you know, I don't think I'll ever like go full bore like I've gone with pens, and and that's why pens are so great um, because you can find something awesome for you know three dollars, and that can really change how you work and how you do things. Whereas getting into some other things are you know quite cost prohibitive. Um, not that it it won't happen down the line, but I can definitely uh, I definitely respect and. And you know, see see the enjoyment that uh, a lot of other collectors have. Oh, sorry, I was taking a <laughs> drink. Um, last question from Todd Peppercorn on behalf of his wife. When does it all end? Mrs. Unfortunately, Peppercorn. Mrs. Peppercorn, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it when, doesn't. When the pens end, which will probably be never. Yeah, which is great for us all. And I, I know, I know, Todd. Uh, Todd is happy to hear that answer too. He's like, "Yes, it never ends." Because yep. Todd, Todd's a pretty good collector. He, uh, he uh, had, had uses lots of really good fountain pens, and you know, I talk to him pretty frequently. And he's got he's got some good stuff. So uh, you can tell your wife that I'm sorry, honey, it doesn't end. Um, and then figure out what you can uh, buy for her uh, to make up for our, <laughs> for all your fountain yep. pen purchases because it's not ending anytime soon. I can promise you that. Okie dokie, I think we've come to the end. Well, we have. Yeah, unlike this show. Yeah, unlike the show. It is ending soon. Um, right now. Not not forever, so, just this episode. Don't oh, worry. gosh, no. We're yeah, not doing that again. <laughs> I got an email about that the other day. Did you? What did, what did <laughs> that, that episode with the take a break episode, someone said, oh, I just listened to that. She just said it was so depressing. But, you know, I was consoled in the fact that I, I, I knew already that there were more episodes afterwards. So it was, it was okay, but boy... <laughs> I was like, yeah, then in retrospect, that was a pretty depressing episode. <laughs> and it was unintentional, wasn't it, that we... Totally, totally unintentional. I thought it was a great episode, personally, but it's it's 
not in line with you know what a, a normal episode would be. So anyway, <laughs> we won't we won't uh, we won't uh, get stuck on that. But yeah, this was a fun episode. I, I was, was I was excited to do this, Me and uh, we will do it again soon. Um, you know, maybe later this year we'll we'll do it yeah. and see. We'll get another batch of questions, see how it goes. But I love doing stuff like this just because you know I you know the community around this podcast and just around pins in general, you know, even, you know, other pin bloggers, other pin companies, everyone is so helpful, so nice. And, you know, I just wanted to, to give back a little bit, um, even though, you know, I'm, I'm free to answer questions all the time. And um, yeah, it was fun. As I say that there is no greater community than the pen addict community, our community. That's Um, right. We have the best one because of all of you guys who tune in every week and we, we love you all dearly. And we're very, very happy that you continue to, to to be with us and uh you know we re- we really really appreciate it and we appreciate all of your questions i've tried to do this sort of stuff in the past with other shows i've never got that many questions never and this is on shows that have much larger audiences so that just shows you guys are so engaged and we love it and as brad promised if if any question was not answered feel free to contact him you're going to get a better answer out of him but if you've got stuff that's maybe non-pen related you know so we had some other stuff feel free to ask me too i'd love to hear that i mean i can help where, where i can with the pen stuff but we all know that brad is the the real guru around these parts so get in touch with us um i know for me twitter and app.net are best especially if you want shorter answers or they're just short questions um i am i mike i am yke on both uh, Brad is at Dowdy, D-O-W-D-Y on app.net and Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter. Um, also, if you want to email Brad, um, if you have longer questions, um, email uh, thepenaddict at gmail.com. Is good? Perfect. So I think that we are at the end, sir. We are. Great job by you. One hour, 15 minutes. Good deal. I think that worked out well. Mm-hmm. Not too far off what I thought it was going to be, which was yep. 90 minutes, I said to you before we started. So not, yep. not too yep. far off that. So thank you for sticking with us. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we will, of course, be back next week. Um, until next time, I'm Mike, and here's Brad. Um, have a great week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.